Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Everybody, welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? Ah, uh, sleepy today, but good. Yeah, sleepy from a weird back-to-back movie watching. Rhymes, <laughs> <laughs> and yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're getting a little animated over the next few episodes. <laughs> yeah, talking about animated horror, which I, I think is a subgenre of horror that. Is very small. You can probably count the number of animated horror movies on like one hand, maybe two. It's not a lot, and I think maybe there should be more. I think there's a really cool idea on paper there of like without the constraints of live action, you could do anything visually that you want to do. And I think you kind of see that in these two movies where there's no restraint on visuals. Uh, maybe for better or worse. I, I think like one of these movies definitely keeps it. Uh, constrained the other movie is like let's get as weird as humanly possible so um <laughs> we'll let you figure out which one is which listeners um so yeah let's uh first talk about the wolf house which is on shutter by the way um, yes i think it's a great movie for shutter to pick up it's one of those niche horror movies that most people are not going to be aware of but if you're a horror fan i mean it's in your real house there's <laughs> There's a, uh, a lot going on in this movie, but uh, the official summary... La Casa Lobo. <laughs> La Casa Lobo. I, I think that's the actual official name, but then, yeah, yeah. English translation yeah. is The Wolf House. So, you may see some posters with another name. You're like, is this the same movie? Yes, it is. Just, you know, for us North American listeners, we need things translated, or otherwise it doesn't make sense. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, we get subtitles? Nope. <laughs> I can't read while I watch things. It's too much... Mental this was a constant fight as I was working at a video store. It was like me recommending things, and they're like, Oh, is that up subtitles? I'm like, Yeah. And they're like, No, I don't want it. I remember when I reviewed Parasite as, like, on three years, and I'm like, Yeah, this is like the best movie of the year, one of it, not, not least. And I got an email in, and it's like, I'm not going to watch this. It's got subtitles. I'm like, You that fucking, like, <laughs> like, just cut off from the world that you're just like, Well, it's got up, but it's got to have English language in it, or else I'm not going to watch it. Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the official summary of the Wolf House, a young woman takes refuge in a strange house in the woods after escaping from a German colony in southern Chile. Um, Which I think is based off of an actual colony yes. somewhere, right? Or loosely based off of, at least? I think it's, but yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure the pigs did not turn into humans, but I don't know. <laughs> well, not that part. I don't know. Maybe it did happen. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, uh, obviously the, the, the movie takes a lot of kind of creative swerves, but I think the core of it is based on reality, yeah. Because mm-hmm. as far as I know, some Nazis fled to Chile and started like a cult is what it is, so at least that was my takeaway. I, I mean, I by no means didn't do like a Wikipedia read on the actual full thing, but I think the movie gives you enough information to be like yeah, this, there's some basis here in reality. Um, and a live action movie was made out of it too. Oh, in 2015, it was called Colonia, and it had um, Emma Watson and um, um, what's his name, uh, Michael Nyquist, and Daniel Bruhl's in it. Um, 
Yeah, I forget who. So, I forget who made it. Of course, and a movie with Germans. You gotta have Daniel Bruhl. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a staple. Yeah. The guy's amazing. Yeah. Um, first time we watched it, I watched it once randomly on Shutter. I just saw it was up there, and I saw it was short. Like, it is really short. It's, like, just over an hour. It's not that long. Uh, and I put it on. I was like, yeah, this is interesting. This is a... I think a case where, yeah, the, the visuals are just so interesting in this. And even though I think the plot is not front and center, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't think there's much of a plot to this at all. I no. mean, I, I think it's a style over substance kind of situation, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, mm. I think when I'm watching this, like, the visuals take over and... It starts off innocent enough, but then it just gets really dark and twisted near the end. And, like, once the pigs turn into humans is, for me, like, yeah. when I'm like, oh, yeah, shit's getting fucking messed up. And then, yeah, like, the last act of the movie is where things get so fucked up and weird and you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, this is nightmare fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the, the premise is that it's like a, almost like a film within a film. Like, it starts yeah. off with a little uh, intro uh, where this guy's talking about the colony and basically being like, no, we're a nice, we're a wonderful colony. You probably want to live there with how wonderful we are. Here is a film showing just how wonderful our colony is. And then you get into the actual animated part of the movie where it's just like a nightmare, basically. Yeah. And and the, the whole premise is the world is a nightmare except for in this colony. So you should just come to the colony where everything is okay. And yeah. like it just gets really creepy and weird and disturbing when you kind of... It, it, when I first kind of started watching, it was a little hard to understand, okay, what is the plot? Like, what is going to be happening? What is this about? Yeah. Um, but from that angle of, like, oh, you're essentially kind of watching this, like, fictional propaganda animated movie yeah. in a way, it's it's so it's so interesting, and it, it definitely adds a, a little extra depth to it that the plot might not have otherwise. Because it, it is, yeah, like you are saying, it is plot light. It's, uh, it's pretty simple in terms of what's actually happening and, and the visuals themselves are where the, the meat of the most of it is. Which is, yeah, it's presented within a propaganda film. Yeah. 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 I think, too, what I, I think, too, when it comes to, like, because I think if you tell people, like, yeah, the story's kind of like, I might write it off as, like, a con, but, like, I think it's all about intent. Like, I think the filmmakers here know the plot is not the main front and center of the movie. And I think they're okay with that, which I do think by, by sort of reflection, you as the audience are like, okay, I get it. The plot is not the big thing here. We're kind of focusing on the visuals, but I, yeah. Uh, when was the, I'm, I think it's safe to assume from what I'm hearing, this is the first time I watched for both of you, right? Yeah. Last yes. night was when I watched it the first time. Okay. Yeah. yeah within, within the week, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Um, we got a couple emails. Uh, Fasa says this movie feels very Lynchian in a lot of ways. I assume he means David Lynch. Mm. Which I could see that. Yeah, like a dumb land sort of way. Yeah. Um, I, it, but but there, I think I feel like there's more um, in 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 if in a Lynch way. I feel like. Um, there'd be more of a, a message focus in his... Because yes. um, this this one's more about a feeling focused, I felt. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, think, uh, I think it's sort of like there's bits of lynching in there. Like, when you think of, like, the dream imagery, the surrealism, mm-hmm. sure, I can agree with that. But the I, color changes. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, yeah, there's just the plot 
And again, I don't say this as a detriment, but I don't think the plot is a big focus here. Whereas I think no. with David Lynch, I mean, yes, he's surreal. His things are very dreamlike, but they still have a bit more of a plot than the yeah. movie would. I feel like this is a movie he would enjoy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, think massively. I can see it just, it is a weird little home. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen it. Smoking cigarettes in, in, his, in his art studio, just watching it on a small TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys watch this movie, but uh, it's a great movie from uh, Chile. Yeah, I, I seem to be really into this movie. I want yeah. to get an interview with him just so I can oh, ask so him a question. So badly. And, and the, the craziest thing, and I know we're sp- spiraling off of the conversation, but. Um, if you were to sit down with, with David Lynch, he would remember you for years. Like, like that's the craziest thing about Lynch too, is, is from what I, my understanding is he remembers everything because he takes little, and I think it goes back to that, to uh, the TM, the tra- uh, transit, uh, the meditation that he does, um, that he takes like little snapshots in his own mind that he remembers everybody he talks to. It's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's um, a legend. He really is. Uh, we could have lost a razor head or something like that. Oh, lost Highway. Mm, yeah. Lost Highway or Inland Empire or Mulholland. You know what I mean? Like, like something that, that, that isn't, that doesn't look like horror on the outside, but it really, like, the vein that the, the runs through it very much is horror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, George says, you officially gave me nightmares. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Is this your first first time, George? First nightmare? Yeah, right. Um, I didn't have it. Like I and I watched it like late night last night, and I didn't have like I didn't have any correlations in Dreamland or anything. Uh, like that, yeah, so. me neither. I mean, I think I'm mildly desensitized. Yeah. I mean, honest. After this movie, I mostly kind of felt sad, more so than scared, because, yeah. I mean, I mean, spoilers, but at the end of the movie, she goes back to the colony, which, like, this whole time, the, the narrator is called the, the wolf, or the big bad wolf, or whatever, yeah. so it's kind of set up from the beginning that he is not a good guy, um, that's kind of convincing her throughout the whole movie, oh yeah, you should come back, you should come back, yeah. um, and she just ignores him and, until the very end of the movie, where she's literally left with no food or resources, and has no other options, so how to go back to the colony because yeah. she's going to starve otherwise so just kind of like I, the, the horror aspect is in more of the, the there's obviously some very creepy scary visuals um, I don't think there's any like jump scariness to it or anything no, 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 um, no. But, but there's a horror to, the, to that slightly disturbing part of the story too where she is kind of forced to go back to this horrifying place essentially and it sounds like yeah. she's just worked constantly and doesn't have a great life there but has no other options so kind of sad kind of sad for the most part but like the visuals themselves i can definitely see there are some really well done and creepy uh visuals in this because of the the medium that they're using so yeah yeah i think for me like some of the horror comes from the flatness of everything where everything kind of blends together and then something sort of you find out is sort of popping out from that environment Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's where some of the horror comes from when you're like, oh, all of a sudden that's something else and you're like, oh, okay like, I think it's just, they use the medium of the I guess it was like, the animation style in this, it's um, like stop motion, they use that so well to sort of have things kind of change and it's not always apparent, like you have to really be paying attention, but when you do notice these things, it's like, oh, okay, like the visuals have changed, that's where some of the spooks come from, I guess, but yeah, I, by no means, this is not uh, a movie that gave me 
me nightmares. I can't remember the last horror movie that gave me nightmares. It's <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, no nightmares for me, George. It sounds like none of us have nightmares. <laughs> so I think you might be on your own. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to think what other movies you should watch that would also give you nightmares. But I don't know. I yeah, I, I think this movie's more haunting, also too, in the reality of yeah, like um, Taylor was saying, like the reality of the situation that this is based on a true story. So, I mean, yeah, baby pigs and turn into humans, but. You know, in her mind, know. they did. <laughs> yeah. In Maria's mind, they did, though, right? Like that, and, and that. Well, it, it goes to a reality as well of the horror of isolation, mm-hmm. which is a yeah. huge part of this movie. Yeah. It is just being isolated and then kind of getting lost in your own dream world, like when she's like basically like snow whiting herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like with the, the the mirror on the wall and stuff like that. Like there's there's so like. She like there is a very early break from reality. Yeah. Well, in this one, like, there's a certain point where they're like, okay, this is the escape, and we're hiding out, and we're we're just gonna keep low, and 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 hopefully everything will blow over type thing. But then there's the real um, attack on the psyche that being isolated brings. And I, I mean, I, honestly, this is actually a really interesting film to come out of uh, the pandemic on, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with isolation, especially with people. Um, that you know were isolated by themselves didn't you know didn't have uh, other family or people with them for the isolation like this is very humanizing for sure yeah cool uh i don't know if we can really do awards for this movie <laughs> like i wasn't able to write anything down i'm stumped my paper was blank for this yeah movie. yeah the, the only i wrote down one best line and that was just every time the wolf went maria yeah that was oh, really yeah. cool I like that. That was pretty yeah. creepy. And I, I feel like the narrator has a lot of pretty, like the big bad wolf, he's got a lot of pretty good lines, but like, mm-hmm. it was hard to write down one that I thought, like it's hard to quantify, I guess, what the best one of this movie was. Well, I, I, I do like the, the preamble of um, trying to soften everything you're about to see. Like, I, I thought that was quite funny. Um, in like, in like, kind of like a very, very dark way. Um, but yeah, there's nothing that I can be like. Oh no, that's the the best line. Oh, that was the best performance. Because uh, I just watched this one as a total art exhibit. Yeah. Um. And it, I mean, interesting to know that this was filmed over five years. Um. In a set that were like actually like human height and everything. So all these wow. um, paper mache like like things that that are being created. Those are all like human size, almost like. Which is just really interesting to think of and i mean the director's lives changed over the five years uh one of them became a father and everything and yeah. uh they also even wrote a, a book uh, created a book that is actually the, the behind the scenes um uh of how they created this whole thing with stills and 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 the creation of uh, of uh, you know the the physical pieces that are in this one um so yeah i feel like there's so much around it and outside of it that's really interesting but um the the movie just kind of exists in its own way and it's hard to document it other otherly like 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 i said before we got into filming this one this is just like so hard to talk about this movie yeah Yeah. knowing that the sets were like life-size and not i thought they were scaled down i thought they had to be because otherwise the work going into this would have been insane but like knowing it takes it took five years. That makes sense because, yeah, the just watching this movie, especially the art is re- it is really impressive. The way that they transition into 
different characters looking different or, or acting different or sometimes they're on the back wall and sometimes they're like a 3d model or sometimes like it's really really cool um and if if, if anything if you're into that kind of like just watching something for the sake of cool art this is definitely a movie that you will enjoy yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah i i think when we do the awards they're kind of for your like friday the 13th or the oven r.i.p um, to Richard Donner. Yeah. Oh man, that one hit me hard. Like to, to sidetrack a little bit, that yeah. that's a that's a huge. That's just like a huge one. Like like I I, I have to credit Donner as the one of the the just giant reasons why I, I'm such a movie fan as I am and, and is so into it. Because uh, I mean, Goonies, Lethal Weapon, uh, Superman, uh, the Donner cut of Superman too. Uh, there's just so much. Um, Lady Hawk, holy fuck! Like I, I, I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Uh, of course, I didn't see The Omen until you know I was like, uh, you know, probably about twelve, thirteen years old. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just such a, a huge loss to cinema. But I mean, it's, it's a loss in the overarching way because the last movie he did was in two thousand six, which would be sixteen blocks. Yeah. Um, but they were. He, I, I feel like there were rumblings. Uh, even though um, one of the stars is kind of persona non grata uh, of doing a lethal weapon five, um, so I, there's just the sadness comes in, in what could have been, and the sadness comes from in the nostalgia of um, how he started a lot of us on our path. Yeah, well, even too, like he's a director who really didn't pigeonhole himself. I mean, to make a movie like Superman and Superman two, and then to do. Uh, Lady Hawk and Scrooge and Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon and the Omen, like, he's not someone who really kind of stuck to one wheelhouse, uh, you know, his entire career. Yeah. He, he tried so many different things and challenged himself, and I, I think that's something I always respected about him is, Absolutely. You know, when you find out, hey, this is the same, the same guy made the Omen and Superman, he's kind of like, huh, that's interesting, because it takes a lot to sort of redefine your style and find that voice in a different movie, so... Something that's always been admirable of him is, you know, and, he's switching around. And he was an actor's director, yeah. for sure. Like, a very much an actor's director, because all the actors love him, because he would lo- allow them to really explore their craft uh, like in front of the camera, which there's, uh, I, I mean, generally, there's there's a lot of, like, impatience and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, do you ever hear the um, the story of that final shot of the omen of, of Damien looking at the camera? No. So... Um, you know, young actor, never, never done anything before The Omen. Um, and uh, Donner would, came up to him and he's like, okay, so I want you to look really angry at the camera, look really angry, like you're so mad at the camera. The kid's like, okay, okay. And so Donner, you know, calls action and, and standing behind the camera. And then slowly he goes, don't you smile, don't you smile. Oh, I see a smile. Look at you smiling. And that's where you get that creepy little smile at the end of the movie, which was a genuine, happy smile that Donner was making him laugh and ma- making this kid have a lot of fun who had just done so many long days on set and everything. And it was just like a moment of like pure happiness for this kid. But it translates in the film of being one of the creepiest moments of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel like that story is going to make me have some slightly happy feelings now when I get to the end of that. Because I'm going to see that, and I'm going to know that the actor was, like, actually having a fun time. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, the Donner, the, the relationship between that kid and Donner, um, and, and all of his actors, had all, it was always, like, most important to him. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, fuck, the people that constantly wanted to work with him, they would always cameo for him. They would all, like, they'd always 
would jump in and do the work for him, the people that clamored to, to work with him, I mean, is just endless list. An endless list, for sure. So, I mean, big bucket of win on that guy. He's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's rate the Wolf House. Again, not much in the way Ooh. awards. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to say, it, like, you know, we do these awards for certain types of horror movies. This is not <laughs> one of them. I don't think that takes away from the quality of the movie, but, yeah. I yeah, rated I a mean, Q out of 10. A Q out of 10. <laughs> Uh, I I almost want to go that that route, but honestly, I feel like <laughs> I would still give this movie a pretty high score because for what it is, I still actually really enjoy it. It's yeah. it's uh, I I almost want to say it's easily digestible, but I don't honestly know if it really is in some aspects because it's still a little obscure. Un- you know, it's unrecommendable. It's unrecommendable, but it is it is digestible. Like yeah, it's nothing it's, I'll ever watch again. Like it's, it's the thing in horror movies is like cuts like this is a deep cut like this is not a movie you're going to recommend to even a casual horror movie fan this is somebody who's seen so many horror movies that you've you've really exhausted yourself you're really like what else is out there i would say the wolf house kind of exists in that kind of realm where like sure if you've seen the exorcist you've seen the omen you've seen all these other classics and you're looking for something that's a little off the beaten path this movie fits that in perfectly for sure but yeah if you were if you've never really watched too many horror movies and this is your first that would be <laughs> interesting or i can see it maybe like fit in a little like the hipster crowd people who want like the the uh off the beaten path horror movie for that exact reason so yeah it's it's definitely something that if you wanted to get together and talk about subtext or with your friends this would be the movie for that and all the different ways that things change in maria's mind and how she's seeing things and how she's feeling like that is a uh, an avenue you could go down for this movie, but I, I don't know. I still want to give this movie like like an eight, even though I probably am not going to watch it maybe more than one time, unless there is someone who I know will enjoy the art. I, I, like, I would definitely watch it again with with someone who I thought would appreciate that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like the the kind of the little the little lore of it being like its own little propaganda fake film, it's kind of charming to me too, and I think that boosts the score. I think without having that. That little extra tidbit uh, of lore in it, it would it would be a little slower or like a little not nice and wrapped up in a package, you know. That's kind of what it feels like to me. It's like a nice little neat package that you open once and it's nice to look at and and think about for a bit and then you can carry on. <laughs> yeah, like I I seen watch this movie now twice, and I think that's more than probably necessary. I mean, it's a it's a really good movie. I, I'm gonna give it a nine, but yeah, I I think. It, it's also a movie that you don't need to rewatch. Like, I don't know what a rewatch is going to give you. I mean, for me, I think I got a little more of, like, the, like, real-world context of it, but I, that's also something you can pick up pretty quickly. I don't think that's yeah. really that hard to pick up, like, so much so that you need a second watch of this. Yeah. Even the some of the visuals that tie back to the actual, like, the real-life cult, because it was basically started by Nazis, and there's really early on in the movie, there's a, a quick instance where there's a window drawn, and it's drawn starting from the center, so that it looks kind of like a swastika as it's drawn out. So there's like there's visual things that I feel like you could get from a rewatch if you if that's kind of how you want to watch the movie. Um, I think there's a lot of little tidbits like that that you could get from rewatching through the visuals, but mm-hmm. other than that, I don't know if there's necessarily going to be any other story elements that you pick up through a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of countryman catharsis in this movie mm. like um not in defense uh, uh, of chile and uh, uh, of their country in, in that sort of sense but um 
and just uh, getting this the, because this obviously was important to uh, the director named uh, Cristobal Leon and uh, Joaquin Cochina, who um, I, I think it's like this must have weighed on their heart a lot um, for this kind of like dirty laundry that exists within Chile. I mean, a country that does have a lot of of, of um, controversy like this and stuff and um, a lot of just hidden ugliness and this is them kind of fleshing it forward. But yeah, I mean, I said before that this is unrecommendable. I don't I don't know in what situation I'd be like, oh, you really need to see the Wolf House. Like, I'm, <laughs> unless you were really into uh, the South American post-World War II um, that that relationship between between um, the darker parts of Europe and and, and a lot of countries like Argentina and, and, and Peru and stuff like that, uh, that's where I would be like, oh well, you should see this just for just kind of the full, the, like a more fully rounded story on on Chile. I would recommend this more than the live action movie they did, which was uh, not very good. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm I'm one and done. I'm not I'm not going back to this one. Yeah. Which is totally uh, fine. It's an age, uh, you know. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I can't see anybody under any circumstances bring this movie up on date night and be like, "Hey, hon, let's mm-hmm. watch, let's watch the Wolf House." This lighthearted movie. Unless they want to end it. Unless they want to end it real quick. You know, just, they're just like kind of cowardly, and they're just like, "This is my favorite movie I'm putting on right now." Just kind of bullshit. Yeah. The, the only other situation is if they are both animators who are looking for inspiration. Yeah. Then I would say this would be a good movie for that too but, because yeah, the art aspect of this is really amazing. But at the same time, it's also like, um, I feel like it's confined. Like the, the art, the way it's presented in this one is really confined to that story as well because the yeah. whole story is basically brought about in a three sixty box. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Much much like Maria's story is, anyways. Yeah. So it's like. If any like like anybody in the know like redoes or tries to do something like this, it'll just get kind of brought back to to this one. And like I said, like if you saw this in like um, like a met like the Metropolitan uh, Museum of Art or like the like you know any any like uh, like even the even the Batch, yeah. um, the Vancouver Art Gallery, um, you it's fascinating. Um, but it's not like every time it came to town, you'd be like, oh, I gotta go check it out again. Like, it's just kind of like, yeah. a, it feels very like you've seen it, you know the story. Yeah. Just let it resonate with you. And then, like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna make it onto any, I don't feel it's gonna make it onto a lot of lists of, like, this is the greatest movie of all time. And I revisit it every couple of years. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like that movie to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, also, too, like, kudos to Shudder for, like, keeping movies like this, you know, sort of alive because honestly if i'm being completely honest this movie would have just died off like absolutely shutter. like this is not a movie that even we would probably be talking about if it wasn't for uh shutter and them sort of curating horror movies like this because yeah, i just can't see this movie getting picked up even by like a netflix or amazon prime or something like this like mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it really is uh a good a detriment no i'd say kudos to them for sort of making this movie available because yeah this is a movie i never would have otherwise saw actually i'm now realizing that i did watch this at fantastic fest in 2018 and i totally forgot how about playing it out with an audience uh i don't think that well here's the thing i'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at my ranking of 2018 fantastic fest movies it's at the bottom 
Oh, and, shit. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember when I made this list. It was like three years ago. I'm pretty sure it's not because the movie's bad. It's just because it's not entertaining in the traditional sense. Um, yeah, I feel like to get the, the the best experience from this, you really do almost need to be in a, the- a theater without other distractions. Because yeah. there are parts where it can get a little, even just like slow or just very focused on the visuals. And if you're not in it, then uh, you're not in it, you know? I love looking at this list. There's like some movies that are now like MVP movies that I watched. They're Apostle, uh, Halloween, the 22 movie Burning. I mean, man, there's some good movies that like I'm here, but pretty big things that I watched there. So. Goes to Fantastic Fest. I cannot wait to travel again and go there because that was a fun time. So, okay, uh, Steve, where can people find you? on faster yeah. internet. I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Um, I am my website is uh, stevestepping.ca, um, and I'm on the shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday at uh, 11 p.m. Pacific time. Um, I also uh, out now, you can. Uh, I, I did a podcast with a guy out of Edmonton named Nels Nelson, um, and it, his podcast is called uh, Nels Nelson's In- Interesting People. And uh, he actually wanted to have me on because he heard me on the shift a few times. So I did nice. like an hour and a half conversation with him. It was a lot of fun. So uh, check out that one on. Uh, you can find it on Twitter. I retweeted it. If you just go to my uh, my Twitter page. I'm not going to disagree with him. You are an interesting person. So. Oh, thanks. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Right, you know what? You you, you, know, you you tell me who, you're, who you consider interesting people. I will let you know if I if I like your criteria. I'll say Steve is an interesting person by what estimate. So, or my I'm blushing over podcast determination, not estimation determination. That's more like it. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, where can you find you on the internet? Uh, I am the opposite of interesting because I do nothing on the internet, but when I do do something on the internet, it's on social media. My username is Cersianic on Twitter or Instagram, or I have a blog where I will just post random stuff, uh, blog. That's not true. You're interesting. You're a great conversation, and I've enjoyed being your friend over these last couple of years on, on the show. Oh, you're making me blush now. That's and, and anybody out there with a podcast, Taylor would be a great get for a guest because she is just a great conversationalist. Thank you. I definitely do like talking. That is one thing that I found a bit at. Also, like, I find, too, like, when we talk about horror movies, like, we always have this really, like, fluid conversation. Like, I don't feel like it lags too much or it's never interesting. Like, even on a movie like this, which is honestly a bit of a stretch to make interesting, but we made it interesting, I feel like, so. I think so, too. Makes your job easier to know editing. Yeah, oh, I'm notoriously not an editor. I, I I set everything up. I hit record. That's it. I I'm not much of an editor, which probably is a bit of my detriment. But I'm also like, yeah, <laughs> I got some things to do with my life. Mainly, uh, I'm over threegrinders.com. Speaking of podcasts, um, yeah, I've got reviews up for a bunch of the latest and greatest movies that Hollywood has to offer. Uh, yeah. Uh, mostly the new Fear Street movies, which, by God, those movies are fucking great. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're a horror movie fan, you're going to love those movies. Uh, And also, kudos to Netflix for actually putting out some horror content, original Mm -hmm. horror content, original-ish. I think they bought it from 20th Century Fox, I want to say. But yeah. Um, Yeah, also, yeah, uh, Forever Purge. I have a review of that. Spoilers, but I actually really enjoyed that movie. Um, yeah, I, it, it's a movie that 
I say in my letterbox review, uh, Fatal Koala on Letterboxd. Look for that. Uh, it's basically like Jason takes Jason takes Manhattan of the Purge franchise, where it just gets weird, and they take some go in some interesting direct directions. I, I kind of enjoy it though. Um, the Tomorrow War though, don't watch it. That movie is yeah, not a fan. Fucking garbage. How that movie got a sequel is beyond me. It got a, it's got a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Like how? The movie's garbage. Wait, question. So if, if this win is purchased, Jason takes Manhattan, that means they have to go into space next, right? I, I, I think so, yeah. No, 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 no. The, the purge has to die and then has to <laughs> has to be kind of reborn in like this weird way because it has to go to hell. The purge goes to hell. The purge goes oh, to hell. Right, Before right, it can right, go right. to space. Before it can go to space, it has to go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. If we're doing the Jason analogy. Yeah. You're right, you're right. I skipped a step. Yeah. Um, I've also been watching a lot of Joe Bob Briggs, which he's great. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just going through and watching episodes, and I, you know, I, we're, we have an episode coming up for, on Choppy Mall. I watched Choppy Mall for the first time. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm like, I'm so excited to watch. There's Choppy no Mall. chopping in it, though. No, no. It, for a movie called Choppy Mall, there's zero chopping. There's zero chopping. And so there's robots that have lasers, and that has nothing to do with chopping. But well, if we're, if we're gonna go out on a, a on a, just I, a couple of things I want to get off my chest, I finished my hate watch of the new stand. Oh, oh um, hate watch! Oh, I I love the book, Taylor. I love it. I love it. It's it's the reason I it, it got me into reading. Like honestly, like I, as like a kid that like I was like twelve, thirteen when I read it and not fully understanding all the elements to it. But it's a it's a, a an incredible book that's full of like character development. It's just such an ensemble character book, and. I don't think uh, was it Josh Green that did the or Josh Boone or Josh I think it's Josh Boone um, that did the limited series for CBS All Access. I don't think they watched it or I, I don't think he read the book. I all the character development sucks, almost non-existent, and they wrap up the book story on episode eight of a nine-episode series and then made up their own final episode. Oh what? It was the biggest piece of shit. And I, I got, I think I was by episode three, I was like, I hate this show. But I, I'm the completionist in me is like, okay, well, I got to go on and finish it. And it was just, ugh, I, I, was, I, was, I was furious. And um, I, I try not to um, bring my, my negative film or, or TV or anything like that to Twitter. Like, I haven't done a worst of or most disappointing of the year list in like three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I, I need to get it out somehow. So here you go. <laughs> also, like, oh. like those lists always garner a ton of response, just because it's like mm-hmm. it's so subjective, right? Like yeah, yeah. That's why I always refrain from like trying to. This is the worst movie ever. Yeah, I want to build up. I want to build up instead of tear down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but as far as building things up, I I feel like I loved Black Widow more than most people did. So oh, I give it a nine out of ten. I oh, it's fucking it. great. It was like, fucking great. I was like, hey, this is a movie about family, and it's a better movie about family than Fast 9, so... Yeah, yeah, it really is. And the set piece in, in Act 3 is so fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, people, so. people sleep on that movie, but... Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and David Harbour rocks. Oh, man, does he rock. And Flor- I mean, all the casting in that movie rocks. Like, um, And, you know, I'm so ready for Flo to be, like, a main action star. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not all spoilers, but she's now in the MCU, so... Um, yeah, I watched, and I'm still under embargo, but Sexy Beast, that was pretty <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. wife refused to watch it. I told her about it, and she was like, nope. 
I, I, I smoked some weed and I watched it and I had the greatest time in a long time. It was so <laughs> stupid. The only complaint, and again, I'm under embargo, is that they reveal who the people are and nobody was ugly. Like, I was expecting someone to have, like, Elephant Man as quality. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's a bit of a stretch to love this person. No, they were all, like, freaking, like, models. I'm like, oh, okay, well. That's lame. Yeah. But I it, watch it to see weird animal, demon, people, outfit mashups, and it, it's it's something else. It, it may be <laughs> the weirdest thing that Netflix has made in a long time, so. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, until next time, we're going to talk about Wicked City. Speaking of weird movies, uh, (laughs) until next time, everybody. Bye for now.